we are bringing our live radio show to podcast, and I'm so excited to share that with you. We hope today that you enjoy your time in the book of Ecclesiastes. God has no greater joy than to hear that his children are walking in the truth. We are dedicated to letting the truth of God's word lead us. You are listening to One Truth Ministries Podcast. Here is your host, Ashley Posey. I have uh, my mother, who you all, if you have been around One Truth Ministries, of course, know pretty well, um, Lenita Shepard. Good morning. Good, good afternoon. Good afternoon. And how <laughs> thank are you, you for being here. Yes, thank you for having me again. Yeah, absolutely. And then we have Alyssa Shepard, and she is the youngest of my sisters. Um, she is with us, even though, you know, she's full-fledged into college mode right now, you know, in her final year, year and a half, um, she's taken the time to be with us. So thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me again. Yeah, it's so much fun to get to go through a book of wisdom. Um, when you're talking about all different, you know, things in life, all different subject matters of life and <clears throat> hear about it from three different perspectives, right? We're right. all at different places in life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Alyssa is more along with those uh, college age young men and women um, starting out in life. I'm kind of right there, you know, with the raising of teenage children and uh, walking through that component, you know, careers and, and life. And my mom has now, like we've said last yesterday, went through both of those, has grandkids. She's on this side right now where she gets to see life from a different perspective, wouldn't you say? Exactly. Yep. Right. And it's it's really kind of fun to go into a book like this from three different perspectives because it does relate to all aspects of life and we forget that sometimes. Right. Um, you know, that mm -hmm. the Bible is for all of us. Right. I yeah. think we can get so fixated on our own stuff that we go like, oh, this does apply to teenagers? Oh, this <laughs> does apply to young women? Oh, this does apply to grandma? Oh yeah, that's right, it's not just me. Right. Uh -huh. You know, um, because we're, we're pretty self-centered, I yeah. think most of the time. <laughs> um, and we tend to focus on um, ourselves so often. Something I want us to remember going into this is every time we open the Word of God up for study, just speaking to that, um, this is not a book all about us. And oftentimes we try to make it that, you know, go to this and, and we'll say, you know, tell me about me. I want to know about me. I want to know what I should do right now. This is the revelation of God himself to us. And without him revealing himself to us, there's no way we could have known him. We wouldn't have known him without his revelation. And that's what the Word of God is. And so when we approach this, one of the first things we want to ask is, what does this tell me about God? Lord, what are, what are you showing me about yourself? Because there is nothing in here uh, that, that will not show us more of God's character, right. of his nature, right? Yeah. Um, and so we want to be really cognizant of that when we approach studying the word to first say, God, I want you to tell me more about yourself. I want to mm -hmm. know you more. I, I want to come into closer contact with you. I want my eyes to see you more clearly. And that is no less true in the book of Ecclesiastes. We get to see what God deems right. meaningless yep. <laughs> and what God deems worthwhile. And that mm -hmm. really gives us some very big clues as to the character and heart it of does. our God. It does. Really it does. And I think you hit it on the head there when you said every book of the Bible does this. Yes. There's so many times we elevate one book and put down another because it doesn't have as much meaning, like you said, for mm -hmm. us. For us. Right. We yeah. might not get that. But if that's where we're at mm -hmm. we're reading with the whole wrong mentality exactly because mm -hmm. like you said and i told this to my other daughter here a while back start reading the bible right. because she's a reader she's yeah. she loves fiction books yeah and i said 
you love getting to know the main character yeah. of a book and you're very good at that. When you read the Bible, read it to get to know the main character. Exactly. So mm -hmm. you're going to find exactly. out who he is, what his personality yep. is, what he likes, what yep. he doesn't like. Yeah. Uh, those kind of things. And I think you mm -hmm. would be so blown away at what you're going to come away with. Exactly. That's that's exactly what I've been teaching my kids all this year, too, in homeschooling them. And I, um, they've both been approaching the Bible that way. And what's a fun way to do it, especially if you've grown up in the church or you've grown up around the Word of God, is I challenged them with this one where I just said, hey, open this up and literally pretend you have never heard of Jesus Christ before. Pretend you've never heard of God. You're opening this up and you're going to find out all these things for the first time. Mm -hmm. So this time engage it and go, who is God? Yeah. Who mm -hmm. is he? I keep hearing this name, God. I keep hearing, you know, there's this, this creator. Who is he? And when you start looking at the Bible like that, you go, oh my gosh, I never, this is who he is. Yeah. This mm -hmm. is who he is. Yeah. And it becomes important to you. You know, not Absolutely. just the stories yeah. you've heard, but you go, I know you. You yeah. know, and we want to be able to look at the Lord and go, I know you, at least to the extent he's allowing us right. to know <laughs> him. Um, of course, knowing we won't know him in entirety until, you know, we get to be face to face. And so we want to approach Ecclesiastes similarly. Um, and so as we go through there, we want to make sure to throw out as we go like, hey, are you, are you noticing this about our God? Mm -hmm. This is who he is. This is what he deems important and what he deems not important. And so we covered, uh, you know, yesterday who was writing this. I'm not going to go into all the details. I'd encourage you to listen to that particular episode. But just as a way of reminder, King Solomon is writing this um, towards the end of his life. He has walked through so much. And those of you who know the story of Solomon, you know um, that he was given the opportunity uh, as David's son to ask God for one thing. Um, and that's something that's just incredible to me because you go, what would everybody ask for? Oh, <laughs> you know, goodness. it was this yeah. moment where God says, you know, he was so pleased with Solomon in his heart. And he just said, you know, um, ask me anything and I will give it to you. And Solomon already showed at that moment. Um, and of course, he had failures, many of them along the way. And yet in this one moment, uh, he was very true uh, to the Lord. And he just said, I want wisdom, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. in essence, I want to roy royal, I want to rule wisely. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And so God said, not only am I going to give you wisdom, I'll go ahead and give you everything else on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, wealth and um, success. And, and so Solomon is a guy, why I bring that up is he's a guy who knows what he's talking about. He actually experienced each one of these things sure. that he's going to talk on yep. uh, to the extreme. Mm -hmm. I mean, he really yeah. has. He really was extreme. You know? He was, very much so. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're going to get to see that played out. And so where we're going, just to remind you, um, and Alyssa, you can remind us of that. How did verse 2 start? What what was it that? Oh, uh, yeah. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Right. And we said that's a great yes. way to start a book. A book you know, I mean, <laughs> draws people in. We need that captivating yes. moment, <laughs> you uh -huh. know, where it really grips you. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so he starts off exactly just saying, let me just tell you right out the gate, everything is meaningless. Now he'll break it down and tell you what all is meaningless, but just in case <laughs> yes. you miss it, everything, everything yes. <laughs> all of it is meaningless. And so uh, what's the first thing that uh, he throws out there that he's going to talk about as far as being futile, um, vanity? He says that what profit has a man from all of his labor in which he toils under the sun? So I guess he talks about first work 
and then he goes through different things. He talks about in verse um, twelve is kind of where I was looking for that oh, first I thing. Oh, I thought you were going to the first. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One. I thought we were still in review section. Oh, right, right. <laughs> yes. No. Let's jump into kind of the first subject matter that he talks about in verse twelve. Oh, okay. Um. Uh, verse 12 says i the preacher was king over israel in jerusalem and i set my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all that is done under heaven this burdensome task god has given to the sons of man by which they may be exercised i have seen all the works that are done under the sun and indeed all is vanity and grasping for the wind hmm Yep. And as we keep going, because I just want to finish this, he says, what is wrong? Um, what is wrong cannot be, ba- cannot be made right. What is missing cannot be recovered. I said to myself, look, I am wiser than any of the kings who ruled in Jerusalem before me. I have greater wisdom and knowledge than any of them. So I set out to learn everything from wisdom to madness and folly. But I learned firsthand that pursuing all of this is like chasing the wind. And then he says something very interesting in verse 18. The greater my wisdom, the greater my grief. To increase knowledge only increases sorrow. And so it kind of seems like, first of all, before we get into that, that he is even right now from what you read and in finishing that, that even just the chasing after wisdom can be meaningless. Right. Depending on, Mm -hmm. I think, Mm -hmm. why. Why you're doing that. Why you're doing it. And I think Solomon's... uh, reasoning for asking for wisdom at the very beginning was very sincere i believe it was mm-hmm. because i think he took the whole being king and being responsible very and being serious young. Yeah. he yeah. knew i don't have the wisdom and what it would uh-huh. take he was a young right. man you know? he saw his own father make mistakes many mm-hmm. did not want to probably at that point you know walk in those so i i do believe he yeah. had others in mind at that particular right. moment when mm-hmm. he asked for wisdom so what do you think is different then with the wisdom that he's talking about here where he says, look, I'm wiser than anybody else. You know, I have greater wisdom and greater knowledge. And so he said he set himself out to learn everything. And yet he said, I learned firsthand pursuing all of this is wisdom is uh, meaningless chasing after the wind. Right. I think he was um, I think it turned from having others focused to this is kind of cool because I know so much and everybody comes to me right and Mm -hmm. everybody knows that I am the wisest and now it's kind of turned to this vanity when you know when he's saying everything is vanity I think he's speaking from uh his own uh inner turmoil with knowing Mm -hmm. he was experiencing it was all vain it was all to heap upon himself that mm. reputation mm. that, you yeah. know, and I'm, I'm sure other things as well. Um, he probably had other things that he dealt with, with having so much wisdom. Yeah. But I think he even uh, said wisdom um, for the sake of bragging about it is going to be folly. It's just, it's mm-hmm. going to be vanity. It's not going to be useless. It's going to be useless. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and as as we ended uh, yesterday, it was interesting because we were saying there's nothing new under the sun, you know. Um, And he was saying, you know, there's people try to say, oh, look, here's something new. And and then you find out it's actually old. And, you know, it's interesting because at Solomon's day and time, kings were trying to make names for themselves every time the next one (laughs) came up. You know, they wanted to make a name for themselves. And so what he's referring to there is there's always, you know, these kings were looking for the new thing they could put their name on. Nobody's done it yet. 
this was me, you know, I did it first and I can stake my claim on it. And um, they can be lifted up in the annals of history as the one who did this, mm -hmm. not realizing, you know, you think about even like Egyptians, uh, pharaohs, the very first one to ever build a pyramid, huge, big deal. Then everybody did it and it wasn't so much of a big deal. <laughs> they were erecting pyramids all over the place. And I think for Solomon even, I think there was a part too that he just knew, you know what, I have all this wisdom, God's given it to me. And yet there might've been that pride where he goes, I can say I am the first wise king, you know, that I can stake my claim to that, that I have it. And yet what he just said previous to this is there really is nothing new under the sun. Mm -hmm. um, that wisdom came from God and guess what? It was gonna come from God again. Somebody else was gonna be full of wisdom. Somebody mm -hmm. else was gonna be able to do these things and it wasn't just gonna be Solomon. So seeking wisdom for, for wisdom's sake mm -hmm. or seeking wisdom for your own pride or to put it, make a name for yourself right. would be just the same to me, I guess, as, as building those pyramids or doing, you know, whatever it may be first, you know, mm -hmm. that you get your name to, because in all honesty, um, just like he had said earlier, there really is nothing new under the sun. Yeah. And I think, uh, trying to claim something for your own. And I think Solomon understood, yeah. I didn't invent wisdom. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it's been here since the beginning. And when you get down to it, everything comes from God. Everything. Mm -hmm. Nothing yeah. comes from us. Right. Right. So it, it is all futile to sit here and think we've accomplished this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On our own. Right. And yet we all do that, don't we? Like we try we to we try to come up from for what is what is it that we have done? Yes. You know? And again you think about coming to the end of himself and that's people want to know they've left something behind, I think. A legacy. A legacy. Yeah. Yeah. A heritage that they've they've done something of consequence. Yep. And I think that's really going to get us into the heart of this. So he's already said chasing, you know, wisdom for wisdom's sake. Um, this is meaningless. But before we get into it, because he's going to go into pleasure, he's going to go into money, he's going to start covering some big topics here where he will um, describe each one of these things. And I think, can we all agree, the, each one of these things are what people chase after today. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, it's yeah. right now. And so I want to hear from our different perspectives. Um, and I'll start with you, Lisa. But like, what do you... What do you think really captures the heart and the focus of people your age right now? Um, college age students, young men and women, whether they're in college or not, but just this age group, what seems to be life to them? You know, that just really captivates you, makes that be your focal point. Am I making sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I would say that, you know, I like eat, sleep, and breathe school, basically, because <laughs> that's all I do pretty much every day, apart from like, Right now I'm on break, which is really nice. Yes. But, um, no, I would say, like, when you're in school, that's, like, really all you do focus on in a way. And I think it is really captivating for me, at least. And I kind of had to learn to, like, separate these two things mm -hmm. of, like, success and failure. Mm -hmm. Because when you're in school and, you know, you're taking tests, yeah. you either pass or you fail. So it's, like, right. it's 50-50. You're either facing... Um, you know, success, success or yeah. you're facing failure, disappointment versus like encouragement and whatnot. And so I know that for me personally, that I'm always very captivated of like doing my best and getting like the score or the grade that I want. And if I don't get it, then I feel like I failed in something mm -hmm. and that, um, you know, my plan didn't like go the way that I wanted it to. And I feel like, especially with kids my age, you really are so focused on just your future yeah. um, and like building that up because yeah. you yeah. don't want you always have like that dream or maybe you don't even know but you want something for your future and so yeah. you don't want it to just like 
end just because you got a bad grade or a, you failed a class or something. So I almost feel like it's a ton of pressure that we place on ourselves to, to do well, at least. Right. Absolutely. <clears throat> Where life really that. is, yeah, absolutely. Where life is wrapped up in school. I mean, mm-hmm. that's really, whether it's your success for the future or, um, you know, or it might be a failure, you think, for your future. But whatever the case may be for you, the kind of the sun rises and sets on school. Yes. <laughs> or the future. And, right. and I think yeah, that yeah. you're right. It is that future mentality. I think people mm-hmm. your age, that's where their focus is, mm-hmm. is what am I building for myself in the future? What's right. my future going to hold? And somehow what you believe is that it all comes down to this one grade. <laughs> This grade determines my future. Um, This paper determines my future. And I can remember being in school feeling like that. And I had the coolest professor, one of my professors in Whitworth, had taught us at the time, you have to, in college, think eternally. And I loved it because Mm -hmm. I knew right away what she was talking about, um, knowing that she was a Christian, where she just said, sometimes before a test, you need to stop and go, does this actually change my future? No. (laughs) My future is solid uh, in eternity Mm -hmm. with the Lord, and that's where I am. This has no bearing on my eternity whatsoever. It's something I'm engaged with right now. I'll do my best. But to actually stop and think eternally, as I know helped me many times, (laughs) Um, because I think you can. You're right. It does become life. Mm-hmm. For those in your age bracket that maybe isn't going through school, what do you do? You think it's still probably still future minded, right? Right, in whatever yeah. maybe finding a career or a job mm-hmm. or a spouse. Well, because I mean, we are—I mean, I don't want to say we're so young, but it's like well, there's yeah. just there's so it, much ahead of us of that we just don't know that we yeah. haven't experienced. Um, and so I really think it's just like that unknown. If it's like, what am I going to do? And then you see all these people around you who are doing something. You're like, well, what am I going to do? I mean. From high school, you get pressured, like, what are you going to do? What's your future Mm -hmm. and stuff? And then you don't know. And so you're like, well, now I failed because I don't know what I'm going to do. So, yeah, yeah, it's just constantly I feel Mm -hmm. like future-minded and what can you do to make your future happen when really it's like it's not really in our hands. But, yeah, Yeah, true. Now, what about you? What do you feel like, Lenita, so we know who we're talking to, um, what what do you feel like consumes your life or this kind of stage of life? Um, I think personally, and from what I have gathered from other people, my age and in this life, a lot of times I have seen a retiring and Mm. not just Mm. retiring from jobs, Mm -hmm. which that is a big part of it because you work so that you can retire. Amen. (laughs) So that you can stop. And, but unfortunately, a lot of times that mentality will come into us spiritually as well. Yeah. You know, I've paid my dues. Yeah. Yeah. I have (laughs) done this, done that, have that t-shirt. I I did missions. I did pastoral work. I did all of these things and I just need to rest now. I'm done. You know, there's really not a lot God could use me for now Mm. because you do tend to think and listen to the enemy that says, you know, your life is pretty much spent now, you mm-hmm. know, so you spend your time praying for your children, praying for your grandkids, which mm-hmm. is all well and good. Sure, wonderful. It's, it's awesome. But I think you get into, unfortunately, I think you get into the more quitting and, like I said, just gearing down Yeah. Uh, yeah. mentality instead of staying full force. I don't think that's a right mentality. But I see that so often. Mm. And I do feel that. Yeah. I feel that inclination because yeah. you are 
physically, emotionally, tired. you do, you get very tired yeah. after all of that. Yeah. And you do want to start gearing down. And, uh, there's, there's, as long as there is life, well, sure. there is a purpose. purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And God has a purpose for you. It, and it may not be what the world is telling you in that stage to seek. Exactly. You know, and I think yeah. that's kind of what it keeps coming down to, whether it's the future and it's your career or fame or money or security, or even you take that security and you talk about retirement, that can become a huge focus just monetarily for yeah. people. Um, do I have enough in my 401k? Do I have enough for retirement? Yeah. Um, what's my housing situation? You start getting just very all engrossed in am I set up for the remainder of my life on earth? Would right. you say? I mean, oh, yeah. It seems Most like, right? definitely. Yep. And it's an interesting thought to me as you guys were talking. I thought, you know, when you're at this maybe younger stage of life, everything is about the future. Maybe when you're a little bit later in life um, and you're thinking, like you said, about retirement, you almost can even then turn your eyes and look at the past, like look at everything you've already done. Right. You know, now I'm looking, I've done this. I've done this. And I think for me, where I am, everything is in the present. I don't think you can look. I think we're so tired and we're so we're so busy. That's the word busy, I wanted to use. Yes. We're so busy, we can't see front and back. We just see like what's right yeah. here mm-hmm. in front of us because we're like, I just I got to get the kid to the next I've thing. I've just got to survive gotta, the day. Right, got to survive this day. Everybody's still got to be under one roof when we go to bed tonight, yep. alive and healthy, hopefully. Well, you know, and you're getting off, you know, your careers, you're in the middle of them, you're maintaining. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And sometimes the drudgery of that can be overwhelming. Oh, it certainly can. Because you're just trying to get to that next moment. Right. And so you're sitting here going like, okay, well, have I done enough for my future? Am I still having a future? And then you're saying like, (laughs) am I doing enough for retirement? Because that's coming, right? Yeah. And so like, you're just, you're constantly in plan mode from one thing to another. And if we can see something, our point with all of this is, is this life can overwhelm us to the point that it freezes us spiritually in whatever sure. stage we may be yep. in. Whether you are all future focused, you might actually be in a place of being frozen uh, to do anything for the Lord because you think right now I have to focus on me. Right. right now my whole mindset is just school. School, 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 or career, 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 or whatever it may be. Spouse, I'm trying to find Mr. or Mrs. Right. Some people really do set out on that. <laughs> yes, they know. do. <laughs> and that really <laughs> no consumes joke. everything. From dating sites to churches to going to Bible school just to get their, you know, MRS degree or their mm-hmm. MR degree, whichever one it may be, um, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Um, but we can do that. And I think where I am in life right now, it is very easy, very, very easy to get sucked into just the um, rat race of life. I think right. that is yeah. the, the place you are at that moment. Rat mm-hmm. race for your children, rat race for yourself, where again, you can be frozen spiritually and you, right. can, you can think that what's around you is what's really important. And just like you were saying, I think then as you get a little further along in life, you can begin to start thinking, oh, this is just Hawaii beaches from here on out. Like, I just want to lay down. Yeah. I want to mm-hmm. relax. I want to go traveling. And um, and at that time, become almost spiritually frozen as well. Where as, we think, yeah. we because think, you think you have a right yeah. to. Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. You think, <laughs> I've paid my dues. Yeah. I've done what I need to do. And so as we kind of look into this um, further in um, Ecclesiastes, and we will continue with this next time. I really want to encourage and challenge everybody who's listening. Think about where you are right now. What stage of life do you fall in? Where does life really grab you? Where do you think your focus is? What, and a good way to do this is just ask yourself, what do I spend the most time thinking about? Right. What do I spend the most time talking about? Yeah. Um, you know, and what do I spend the most time literally doing? What am I doing with the time that I have, you know, people who are trying to lose weight sometimes will keep like a diary of everything they're putting, you know, in their body, everything they're eating during the day, counting calories or whatever. Um, And I really encourage people to do that with your time. If you ever want a really interesting 
moment. Take a notebook and write down, how do I spend every hour of my day? And if, if you can see the vast majority of it is only on one thing or this thing or that thing, you'll get a pretty, a pretty good idea of what matters to you in life. Um, and it may fall into one of these categories Solomon's going to talk about, whether that's money, seeking wisdom, seeking knowledge, the pleasures of this life, uh, human relationships, you know, any one of these things. And so I want to encourage you to take some time and evaluate that as we start looking at what God has to say about each one of those subject matters. Because it may surprise us that in truth, he doesn't actually care about any of them. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, eternally. I'm not saying he doesn't care about people's lives. Right. He does. <laughs> but as from an eternal perspective, um, I think it'll surprise us. And I think mm -hmm. we'll get into that balance. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. That would be the goal. So let's quickly pray together as we close this time. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, God, that you are present with us in every stage of life that you have us in. God, just like we'll find out in Ecclesiastes, you've given us a season for everything under the sun. But in all of those seasons, God, there is one thing that's needed. There is one thing that is important. And God, I pray that we would learn through your word what that one thing is. In Jesus' name, amen.